Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, bros before globes. Noah brings the case against his good friend Eric. Eric has a bit of wanderlust and is about to set off for his second year of traveling around the globe. Noah says that Eric's constant rovings make it near impossible to maintain their relationship. He wants him to promise to come home more often. Eric says his travel isn't hurting anybody. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. I'm a judging guy. I'm a judging, 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 judging. Everybody whistle. Judging, judging, I'm a judging guy. I'm judging, I'm judging. Bailiff Jesse, swear them in. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you God or whatever. I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that his platinum medallion status means he can fly to the moon first class for free? Yes, I do. Very well, Judge Hodgman. Jesse, it's diamond medallion now. Oh, excuse me. Forgive me, Judge Hodgman. I did not con a first class airline ticket off a public radio show, Livewire with Luke Burbank in Portland. Uh, to get a platinum medallion, no, I made, I did that. I took the money they probably needed to pay their employees so that I could get the imaginary diamond medallion and level up in the weird <laughs> sick video game that is frequent flyer miles. And now I'm a diamond medallion, and guess what? I am a complete and whole human being who is free from all care. And thus... <laughs> And gets as many free B-minus martinis as he wants in the luxurious airport lounge. You know what? You you snipe. What are you, silver? <laughs> you sound a little silver to me, Jesse. Silver medallion. <laughs> Notorious snipers. Haters. Silver's got a silves. Now listen. Uh, uh, Noah and Eric, uh, you may be seated for immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors. Uh, and, and now I am beyond, since I'm beyond all care and human emotion, I'm a better judge than ever. Can either one of you name the piece of popular culture that I referenced as I entered the courtroom? Eric, Noah has drug you into this court against your will. So you can either guess first or make Noah guess first, which is it going to be? Uh, judge, I know this with 100% absolute certainty, oh, good, good. Uh, but I'm going to let Noah field this just to see where he goes and oh. see what he says. Okay. Uh, Noah, what is yeah. your guess as to the popular cultural reference that I referenced as I entered the courtroom? I don't know. My only research on this before I came here was on the band Europe. So <laughs> I'm going to go with the band Europe from their album Europe. Okay. That, <laughs> that would have been an interesting place to find a cultural reference. But uh, without saying whether you are right or wrong, I will now turn to Eric. And Eric, I will say, you know with 100% certainty. Yes, sir. So I trust you will now decline to guess. Oh, is that is that the honorable move here? I didn't, I didn't, uh, I hadn't anticipated that. Well, um, what happens, what happens when people get the cultural reference is everything kind of grinds to a halt and I have to think on my feet, which I hate doing to come up with some excuse for not actually finding in the person's favor so that we can have the case. And when I do that, which is all in fun, obviously I then get letters from some of the silver medallion types who are always constantly finding fault with me. And sometimes, in one case, a very angry letter saying that I was a smug jerk who was just taking back my promise of an immediate summary judgment in order to spite people who who guessed my game correctly. I see. So uh, would you like me to take one for the team, as it were, uh, and and guess incorrectly? you You didn't have to use a sports metaphor. That was oh, uncalled for. 
Therefore, I take back your immediate summary judgment. Ah, no matter, excellent. Okay. No matter what, as as punishment for that sports metaphor, you cannot win. But I would I would encourage you to guess all the same because you deserve to you deserve accolades if you have guessed correctly. Uh, you reference the greatest comedian of all time, Steve Martin. Yes, you are correct, and I do not spite you for knowing that. I am glad that you know that. Do you know what I what the bit I was referencing specifically? Oh yeah, you're a rambling man, uh-huh. uh huh. Off he he probably did it a few different times, but I listened to that Get Small record yes. probably t- five million times when I was a child. Let's Get Small by Steve Martin. It's the one with the uh, with the um, balloon animals on his head on the cover. Yeah, uh, that is exactly right. Rambling Man by Steve Martin, and it's a it's a better bit when it's rambling rather than judging, because then he can end it. I'm rambling. <laughs> it was, a, and it was really interesting to revisit that. And I first seen it on the Muppet Show, um, where he does a great version of it. Uh, to, uh, on stage while the Muppets are in the audience. I mean, there were always Muppets in the audience, but I think the premise of this particular episode of The Muppet Show was that the theater got closed down, so they were just performing for each other. So much about The Muppet Show seems like a half-remembered dream. It was designed to feel that way. Uh, and it's it's such you know, it's so interesting to see what passes for comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it's undeniably comedy. Right. And it's still really funny to see him do that bit, but it's just him singing a song. And it's just it just goes to show um, something, some lesson about comedy. Right. Things are funny when they're funny. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. That's an important lesson about comedy that we learn from that episode of The Muppet Show that you almost remember. No, I remember it very well, (laughs) but but there is something surreal about seeing Fozzie Bear sitting in the audience while Steve Martin is on a bare stage playing the banjo that feels like maybe I had too many martinis at my poker game last night and fell asleep on the couch and woke up at 5 a.m., which is also what happened. Anyway, a glimpse into my life that perhaps was not necessary. Uh, Let's move forward with your dumb fight, Noah and Eric. Noah, you're mad at Eric because he's traveling the globe and you don't get to spend as much time with him as you would like. Is that correct? Yes, him spending time with me and my family. And and how old are you and Eric? I am 35. I'm 40. Eric's oh. 40. Oh, okay. And you're wandering the globe because you realize, oh, I'm not immortal. I'm going to die. Now that I'm 40, I understand that life uh, is not uh, endless. And I need to go and see the world before that happens. Do I guess yes. you right, Eric? Yes, sir. All right. And Noah, how how old is your little family? Uh, my wife is about my age, and my daughter is a year and a half, 20 months. You can say a year and a half. That's fine. 20 months just confuses this court. Thank you. Um, congratulations on having, you. Uh, having a human child and uh, forming a family unit. Eric, may I presume that you are... Utterly alone in this world? Yes. You have no significant other or children? No. No, I do not. All right. And how is it that at the age of 40, you're about to embark on your second full year of just rambling? Yeah. And how... Uh, I'm, I'm a rambling guy. You are a rambling guy. And, and uh, where have you rambled to so far? Uh, I spent last year in Europe. Uh, I was in uh, the Balkans for most of the time, uh, Croatia and Serbia. That was in Germany, Poland, Spain, uh, the Netherlands, kind of running around. This year, I will travel to uh, Thailand, Taiwan, Korea, Finland, Russia, um, and then uh, later in the year, back to Germany. If the court allows it. <laughs> right. Noah, your friend, Eric, wants this court to restrain your motion through the globe, wants to imprison you. Noah wants to imprison you on this continent, and specifically uh, for a period of time in the town that you uh, share, which is what town, Eric? Is it Seattle? Seattle. Seattle. Okay. A global city. Should be enough for any man. Why would you ever need to go to the Balkans when you have... <laughs> What's a neighborhood in Seattle? Fremont. Fremont. The Balkans of the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, somehow, knowing nothing about that neighborhood, somehow I still think I'm right. 
I'm pretty sure it's riven by sectarian strife. <laughs> that's, that's true. What guided your travels in the past year, Eric? Uh, the past year was very was very loose. I didn't really have a a plan uh, per se. Uh, there was there were some business reasons to be there, but um, but mostly it was just kind of wandering. Uh, this year, this upcoming year, is more strategic. Um, the The time that I'm spending in Taiwan and Korea and Finland are uh, for business reasons, not just for lounging on the beach in Croatia region, re- reasons. Sorry, Eric. I presume that you're an international arms smuggler. Uh, I no blood uh, diamonds. I prefer not to disclose that. What is your business? Uh, I publish board games. Oh, yeah. Got to get to Vietnam, my friend. Can we get to Taiwan? That's <laughs> a, a big market for, big untapped market for uh, Kickstarter-based nerd stuff. Hey, well, wait no. a minute. The, apparently, the board game's been pretty good to Eric, right? Because this has allowed you to essentially travel around as a nomad, un- more or less unemployed for most of the year. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, the my work is such that I can just do it from my laptop, so I can kind of be anywhere, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, it's one of the luxuries of of, uh, of being in this in- industry and having this business. I want to get. I want to. I want to make board games. I want to. Eric. Be- w- Eric. The part that I'm not clear about is you said that you will be traveling for strategic reasons. So in the board game business, why is it important to? travel the world from second world country to second world country uh sitting on beaches well the sitting on beaches part was was uh was not very constructive but um part of the the major thrust of my business is getting licenses from other publishers around the globe so uh for instance i have a really good partner in korea and you know they publish games in Korean, and then I localize them, get the English rights for them, and then publish them in United States, Canada, Australia, UK, and so on. Um, and so, and this happens uh, all over the place. So there's a bunch of interesting stuff coming out of Taiwan, for instance. And so I'm going to go to Taiwan, and I'm going to uh, try to find licenses there, and and so on and so, so forth. You go to Taiwan, and you're just like, you hit the ground, and like, what are the hot board games these days? You go around... You go around to schools and ask the kids, what are the board games y'all are playing? Well, no, I mean, I already have, I have contacts there already. I mean, I'm not, I, I wouldn't be able to just go into Portugal or someplace just dry, not knowing anything and then try to, you know, hook up some games. <laughs> You'd like, be laughed out of the Portuguese board game community if you just showed up <laughs> like a rube. Dry. Dry. I, I find this fascinating. Board game community. Here I am, here I am, a diamond medallion. And uh, and and uh, and uh, a, a citizen of the world. Uh, I lead a pretty glamorous life. I got a podcast, but I never. I don't have any partners in Korea. I don't have any partners, and I don't have any insight into the Portuguese board game. Like you're, you're. I I like I like what you. I like your style, Eric. All the Portuguese board games are about constructing fish stews. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they all they all exist to not provide fun, but to provide that Portuguese mixture of sadness and nostalgia called saudades. <laughs> what uh, what's the, what's the big discovery in your career? I don't want to I, I I don't want to scoop you on any of these board games. So if you haven't gotten the license locked down, don't reveal it. Because I'm thinking about going into this business now. But okay. what's the biggest success you've had in the board game biz, licensed from Finland or whatever? Uh, well, the, so there's a Finnish game that I'm doing later this year. <laughs> I was about... just using Finland as an example. <laughs> you don't, it doesn't have to be Finland, but I'm excited that it is. Well, here we are. Uh, so, yeah, it is a, it's a two-player game, a, a small two-player game about uh, royal rabbits getting a divorce. And so each player plays as one of the rabbits, and you're get, you, have, you have since gotten your divorce, uh, and now you use your cards to influence your friends and family to your side of the divorce. What? So when you say royal rabbits, are the, I don't know a lot about Finland. Are the king and queen of Finland rabbits? Uh, they were at one point. Yeah, if you, it's on Wikipedia, you can look it up. No, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> is this a, a a way for Finnish parents to help their kids understand divorce and also 
uh, train them early on in manipulating people to their sides during disputes? <laughs> Possibly. I'm not sure. This is the greatest thing that I have heard in my ear holes in some time. And while well, I, there is normally a, a blanket man on advertising on this show, what is the name of this game? Uh, the game is called Kune versus Lakia. Uh, <laughs> of course it is. A, chron- a chronicle of Lapine divorce foretold. And is it available in the English language from your company now? It is not. Uh, we're going to go to production on it in a few months, and I would be happy to send you a copy when we uh, when we do it. What's um, the print? What's the print run on a Finnish rabbit-based board game? Twenty? No, for this I'm going to do three thousand um, initially, and then uh, you know if it if it sells well, we'll go back and do another three or five. Um, but something needs to be like something needs to be pretty nuts good to do. Um, somewhere, you know, 10,000 or more uh, units on it. So a small publisher like me, we're usually doing somewhere in the three to 5,000 range. Is this Have you bo- ever thought about Wu-Tang planning this? You're just making one and selling it in a special box with a gold-plated rabbit? There is. There are companies that do this, and they'll just make like 100 or 1,000 um, of anything, and then they never make any more, and uh, it seems to go over pretty well for them, yeah. Limited editions, it's the wave of the future, but especially in board games. To clarify, this is a board game or a card game? It's a small card game, a sm- yeah. And by small, like the cards are tiny? No, the cards are normal size. It's just a small boxed game. Okay, got uh, it. Yeah. Um, when you publish it, I want the first copy. <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, we don't number them, but uh, oh, but I'll make sure. now you do. Oh, <laughs> damn it. Okay. Uh, yes. All right. I'll make sure that you get one. And this is not bribery, by the way. I will. I will pay for it. Just set one aside. Put number one on it in Sharpie or whatever. And I'll, okay. Good. And I will buy it. All right, Noah. You're uh, you're still here. Yeah. This <laughs> isn't going well. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you want me to restrain the incredible life? of adventure and travel and experience and beaches and divorcing rabbits that your friend Eric is enjoying. May I presume it is out of sheer spiteful silver medallion jealousy? It is not jealousy. I have thought about that. Um, If he was going on one trip or two trips in a year, three trips or something, I would say, yeah, that's great. I wish I could go along. But when he's gone for so long that he has to sell his worldly possessions and do some weird mail thing at home and... I'm sorry, uh, would you repeat that? Some weird... Ma- what? A weird mail forwarding thing. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, he's living with us right now because he doesn't have a place to live. Otherwise, when he's here for this brief base camp visit before jaunting off again, um, I think that you do damage to the relationships you've established in your home when you're gone for that much time. Is he your son? I thought you had a daughter. I thought you had a a 20-month-old daughter, not a 40-year-old son. I have a daughter, and I want her to get to know one of my best friends. But he's gone for so long that they haven't had a chance to have that relationship. So tell me about your friendship. How how long have you guys known each other? I've known him, uh, I'd say about 12 years, 12 and a half years, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was the best man at my wedding. Mm Mm-hmm. We met playing games. We still mm-hmm. yes. What what was the game? What was your meet cute game that you? <laughs> oh no! Do you want to buzz market on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't worry. I, uh, I think I think board games gets a pass in this culture well, for trading, free marketing. It's a trading card game. It's called Magic the Gathering. It's oh, a deck master game. Oh well, that one does not get a pass. That one's a number one, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the top one. That's, that's, the, the, that's, the, that's the that's the Walmart of 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 card games. Mm-hmm. It, it it affects the economy. As magic, oh, what's good for yes. Magic: The Gathering is good for the nation, is what I hear. <laughs> yeah. So, by the that, way, by the way, Magic: The Gathering people, I don't compare Magic: The Gathering to Walmart. I'm obviously not. It's just a big success. Big success. We met there, and we hit it off, and we've been fast friends ever since. Uh, and so let's see, 12, 12 years. You're a little bit younger, so that uh, like so just out of college for you, right? Noah? Essentially, yeah. Okay. Uh, and Eric, why have... So this is a recentish life change. Prior to the Balkan jaunt, which, by the way, by the way is, the, is the worst Robert Ludlum novel. <laughs> Prior to the Balkan jaunt, jaunt, I can't even say it. That's why it's bad. Uh, 
you lived a, a normal, stable life there in the in Seattle. Yeah, more or less. I still traveled quite a bit for work, uh, so I would be gone once or twice a month, uh, traveling either to you know Europe or Japan or somewhere in the United States for conventions and stuff. So I was still traveling. But you had uh, a home. Y- yes, <laughs> I had right. a home. You had, you had, I mean, would you say that you currently have no home? Uh, technically, yes. Right. Uh, yes. Okay. And why, what sparked this life change? Like you sold worldly possessions. Is that true? Yeah. I, I mean, I got a, I, um, I got a storage unit to keep things in, but mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff I just don't need. When I realized that this was a thing that I was going to be able to do and I was just going to be kind of, you know, wandering, I, I didn't need to keep renting an apartment. I didn't need to have all these things. And so right. I just put them in storage and got rid of some stuff. So you 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 reached a point of financial success with your rabbit card game biz that you could throw it all away, as it were. <laughs> I suppose. I suppose. Is that Although, I mean, I, I'm asking you what what was the what was the what was the moment that you realized that you wanted to do this? What sparked this? Well, I've always I've always loved traveling, and I've always w- r- loved you know running around and seeing new things and mm-hmm. meeting new people and stuff. But I. When I realized that I I didn't need to be locked into one place any longer, that I could just I could as long as I had my laptop, I was able to do all the work that I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, then then it, it became clear that this was something that I, that I could do. So there wasn't like one big moment or a big change in your finances that allowed this to happen. Just one day you woke up and it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna burn, yeah. I'm gonna burn all my clothes. <laughs> yes, more or less, and give and, up my lease. To be clear on the on the financial part of it, it's actually cheaper to be over there than it is here. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, when you're living in Croatia and Serbia or wherever, uh, it's I mean, it's much much cheaper than living in Seattle. Do you intend to get a home at some point in the future, or is this for the time being? You're just going to wander around. Yeah, I'm in no hurry to get a. I don't know. I've read enough. I don't. I don't know. Honestly, you could probably be on House Hunters International, is what I'm saying. Sure. But overall, the plan is at some point for you to die alone in a foreign hotel room. Oh, hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm trying to have that not happen. Noah. Yes, sir. You can see and hear. Well, you can't see, but you can hear. It's hard for me to not feel a tremendous amount of envy for Eric's life. So maybe I need to hear from you. And maybe Eric needs to hear as well how his behavior is hurting you. When Eric went on his trip, he had he had hinted that he was doing it. He had said, I'm going to be traveling next year. But the length of time was surprising to all of us. He had to do some, some tricks or some navigating with visas and how long he could stay in the European Union. Um, which was a concern for us because we didn't want him to get in trouble over there, things like that. He did a great job. I mean, he didn't get in trouble, but it was a concern. But there was periods of time where he simply, we had no idea what country he was in. He wouldn't let us know. And, you know, he has no obligation to that, but he is a good friend of ours. And our mutual friends would say, hey, do you know where Eric is? And I say, I have no idea. I haven't talked to him in a month. And that was we hoped he was okay. You know, that was a concern. I know it sounds very maternal, but we do care about him and we still care about him. And so mm-hmm. that much travel, that much bouncing around <clears throat> was uh, an issue for us. Do you feel that Eric is incapable of taking care of himself? Uh, no, I do not feel he's incapable of taking care of himself. I, I'm not, I'm not especially worried about him from a safety okay. point of view. Well, no, I mean, you know, you have friends who, in life who uh, are more reckless um, or make bad decisions. Is Eric one of these friends? No, he's very down to earth. And that's one of the things I appreciate about him. Okay. And how much time would you have spent with him before he went on his journeying? Generally speaking, generally, how big big a part of how, how big a part of your life has he been? I would say he would do something with our family two to three times a month. Okay. And maybe maybe something with me and our mutual friends an additional time. Okay. And you miss him. Yeah. Right. And why is it important for him to have a relationship with your daughter? 
Well, you made a joke earlier about a sports metaphor. Uh, <laughs> she's not going to get any sports metaphors from me either. Eric has a, a knowledge of music and sports that neither my wife or I have, and I'd like her to encounter people uh, like Eric who can, you know, give her different perspectives on things. You just want to use him to siphon off his sports knowledge for your daughter so that she's not socially ostracized? <laughs> Obviously, this request is very selfish of me to, you know, hobble Eric and make him homebound. But yes, there's a portion of that for my family. Well, when it comes to hobbling, how much hobbling do you, do you want? How badly, how badly do you want to hobble him? Yeah, he's made reservations for this upcoming year, and I don't think it's fair to say you have to cancel those or you have to give me your passport no, or anything it, like that. No, it certainly is not. It certainly would not be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah the goal here isn't to human traffic him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that uh, six months abroad and six months at home is a fair compromise. Okay. Eric, does that feel like something you want to do? I mean, if, if six off and six on is what he wants, that's commensurate with what I'm doing this year, more or less. I mean, I'm here this month. I'm going to be home all summer for three months, and then I'm going to be home in the middle of November uh, for the rest of the year. So uh, That's, and that's also, almost four months right there for a guy yeah. who's really into counting months when it comes to his baby's <laughs> age. Seems like you're not counting months when it comes to your best friend. And I'm going to supplement my request that he, he can't live with us while he's at home. He's got to find his own place to live. Yeah. Why? Are, why? Okay. How long, how long have you been dead beating around this house now? Yeah. Uh, he's he's being really unfair right now. So okay. when, before I came home, uh, he said, why don't you stay here? And I was like, eh, I don't really know. I, this, I'm not so into that. So I come home. I, I got an apartment um, that was on a temporary lease uh, all through December. And then, uh, so the, the, the lease that was up at the beginning of January. And so him and his family were going to Hawaii for a week and they said, Hey, can you stay at our house and watch the cat? I said, yeah, sure. So I said, so they come back and then I was going to be, I was going to be leaving here in three more weeks. And so I thought, Oh, well, why am I just going to go get an apartment or get a, get a place for three weeks? I can just stay here for the three weeks and before I leave, hey, can I stay here? Yeah, of course, no problem. Done. That was the end of the thing. So mm -hmm. he's not being entirely fair when he presents it this way. Uh, it did not go down like like I was, you know. So what I you're saying, what you're saying is, you were staying in their house, and then you realized you wanted to stay for another three weeks. So you said, hey, can I stay for another three weeks? And he said, yeah, sure. And but you're surprised that maybe maybe that's a little bit too long. Well, he offered at the outset, he said, when you come home, you can just stay with us. And uh, Yeah, well, he changed his mind. He changed his mind. It's too sure, I think, I think, I don't think he, you know, I'm, I'm sure Noah is, intends to honor his agreement with you, right, Noah? You're not going to kick him out. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that it's not fair to present it that way when I could just go get an apartment on my own. It's not like I'm like, you know, loafing here out of necessity or out of, uh, you know, laziness of, you know, not being able to go get a place or whatever. You have means. We get it. Golden rabbits have been very kind to you. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you're getting a little braggy now. You know what I mean? Oh, I apologize. You're, a little, no. it's a, you're getting a little gold medallion. You know? <laughs> I, I apologize. Maybe John. even early platinum medallion. That kind of like new money. Unlike us, the diamond medallions who never talk about it. Anyway, you send in some evidence, Noah, is that right? Some photos? I did. All right. I did. And here we have a photo of uh, you and uh, Eric together. Yeah, that was at, at my wedding. At your, at your wedding to each other. That's what it looks like. <laughs> I wish. Uh, and both very handsome young men. And uh, here we have Eric uh, with your daughter, I presume. And yeah, my wife. My wife had crocheted some watermelon hats for him. This is his birthday. Yes, everyone. Everyone listening should go to the website uh, maximumfun.org to the Judge John Hodgman website, so you can see these fantastic watermelon knit hats that Eric and uh, the twenty-month-old, although a little younger in this photo, are wearing. Yeah, Matching watermelon hats, very adorable, very lovely. And here's uh, your Noah's your daughter's first birthday. And yeah, and this this was last May, mm -hmm. and Eric wasn't there. He was Croatia or something, and you know his absence was noted. We had a 
my family, we don't have, my wife and I don't have any family near here or very little. Like your daughter so, was like, where is Uncle Watermelon Hat? <laughs> our friends uh, had asked, hey, where's Eric? It was, it was surprising that he wasn't there. And it was, it was poignant that his absence, uh, he wasn't present. And Eric, do you remember where you were when this photo was taken? You weren't in this photo. No, I wasn't. Uh, what? It's a, it's in April. May. You in don't May. you I don't was, oh, even my. know your watermelon hat niece's birthday? Because uh, you've been you've been out on the beach too long in Croatia. Yeah, the sunburn goes to your head. Uh, I was in I was in Croatia during that. You time were in though. Croatia, and and here is a photo of that you sent in Eric of, of a beach in Croatia or it's from quote. It is from the Island of Brock in Croatia. Sometimes I would take my laptop down to the dock and work while I sat with my feet in the water. Smiley emoticon. Objection. Your honor. Brock uh, is in a Brock is in an Island. That's a brand of butterscotch candy. Sustained. Thank uh, you. This evidence is to prove what exactly that you were having a great time while you were skipping your best friend's daughter's birthday. Well, <laughs> how can you deny a man uh, his ability to work on the beach and you know just sit there, feet in the water, working away? That Very is nice. that is exactly the question. How can I deny a man or woman the right to sit on a Croatian beach? or the right to move around the world legally of their own decision-making at all. Noah, I ask you, what is the overriding imperative, emergency imperative, such that you would ask this court to restrict Eric's motion and free exercise of his rights around the globe? I think Jesse touched on it earlier, that if he continues in the pace he's going, he is going to die in a foreign country, uh, not knowing anybody, that's, uh, you know, extreme, that's exaggerated. But if he had moved to Korea or Croatia, we would miss him more, we wouldn't see him as often. But I would be happy to know that he was, you know, forming relationships there, maybe meeting somebody, whatever he wants to do, and then we could go visit him sometime. But where it is now, he's just not anywhere long enough that he can form new relationships, and he's also giving up his current ones. I think it's fun and I do admire his ability to do this, but I think in the long term, it's not sustainable or it shouldn't be. So you would prefer that he live in Korea and have an, a new magic, the gathering friend, than travel around the world and come back and visit you. Ultimately, I think um, it would be nice to know somebody in Korea and somebody you respect. And I would be happy to know that he was making a life there. Do you, are I you would, worried that, would, that he's, that he is not making life connections? I am worried about that. Does yes. your worry predate his travel? No. Oh, okay. He was he was very charismatic and he was make lots of friends out here. Eric, are you are you Wait a minute. When you say he was he's very charismatic and making lots of friends, do you mean that he was starting a cult? <laughs> <laughs> Eric can do whatever he wants to do except for traveling too much. We're taking applications, Jesse. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm in, but only if one of the precepts of the cult is that we play a lot of a card game based on what would happen if the king and queen of Finland were rabbits and also got divorced. Of course. It would be, it would be a trauma for the entire nation of Finland. <laughs> for many reasons. Our rabbit king and queen are divorcing. Um, Eric, d does, does any of Noah's concern that you are not making normal, healthy human connections and maintaining normal, healthy human relationships in life resonate with you? Or is he cuckoo birds to use a sports metaphor? Um, no, I don't. I, no, I don't. Uh, I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of good friends. I feel very lucky to have the large network of friends that I do. Um, and when I travel, I, I invariably meet new people and make new friends, you know, to varying degrees of closeness. But uh, um, I don't like... The, the friends that I have here, that I still have here in Seattle, and that uh, I, I feel just as close to as I did before I left a year ago, uh, and I, I don't think it has, it has harmed uh, those relationships. Um, now, I will, I will say that many of those relationships were, were changing anyway because everyone had a child uh, mm -hmm. in the same year. Mm -hmm. And so, like, so we, we just have a, a bunch of friends that have all had babies uh, at the same time, and my relationship to those people 
changed. Uh, why? Why is it different? Why is it different in any way? Really? Why? Why should it be any different now that we have this baby? We're still the same. We're still all the same. <laughs> yeah, I still, I still party. <laughs> We're all. It's always going. It's always going to be great, guys. It's always going to be great. We're always going to still meet up and play Magic the Gathering. Exactly. Here's my question, though. I'm looking at a picture of you working on a computer on a on a beach in Croatia. You're saying you can work from your computer anywhere in the world. Why is Noah ever in a situation where he doesn't know where you are? Well, so the the only part of his uh, argument that has meat, I think, is that I am very bad at keeping in touch with anyone, uh, friends, family, everybody. Mm -hmm. And so they usually reach out to me. Uh, mm -hmm. It takes me a while to remember that I haven't talked to you know, such and such for quite some time. And then I think, oh, I should call my mom. And, uh, and then, and wait, you know, your mom is such and such. <laughs> <laughs> did you, she changed it, did you hear that, that Herrick's mom and dad, such and such and so-and-so are divorcing. It's a great new game. <laughs> Good news for the game. Bad news for Finland. <laughs> Uh, so that's, I think that's one of the things that I do have, it is a character flaw that I have where I am not so good at, uh, you know, diligently keeping in touch with people, checking in. Are you on uh, the social meds? Yes, sir. You are. Yeah. Are you updating your social medias regularly? Nah, nah, nah. Uh -huh. Nah. Uh -huh. Why not? I don't know. Well, I'm not saying it's an obligation, but I'm just saying, why do you think you're bad? at keeping people apprised of your movements, including your mother, such and such? <laughs> uh, mostly because I, I think, I don't want to go, I'm just like, who cares? Like, who's, you know, who really is going Noah to- Noah cares! Yeah, I know. I know Noah cares. And I, I bet him a personal it's message. just a gamble, but I bet your mom cares. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think she's off and on. Uh -huh. But you, no, I know what you mean. Uh, yes, I, I could do better- um, you know, keeping people uh, abreast of, of what I'm doing, where I'm at, what's going on. All right. I think I've heard everything I need to in order to make my decision. I am going to either uh, walk through this uh, frosted glass door into a special airline lounge in my own home or realize that this whole thing has been a dream all the time. In any case, I'll be back soon with my decision. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Noah, how are you feeling about your case? Jesse, when I filed this case, I thought I had a 0% chance of winning. It was half love letter and half intervention. Um, but after hearing the conversation between uh, the parties and the judge, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna change it to super 0%. Super duper zero. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it seems like your best bet would have been to uh, roll out that half love letter, half intervention line earlier when the judge was in the room. Well, I guess there wasn't the right opportunity for it. But nonetheless, I am aware, of, I've listened to the show, I'm aware of the judge's uh, preferences for uh, personal volition. That's, that's how it's going to go. Who's better at Magic the Gathering? Noah is. He's uh, he was he was quite good back in the day. Is it because of strategy or just because he's one of those rich kids that could buy as many cards as they wanted until they had a lifetime supply of Sarah Angels? Oh, someone knows what's up. Uh, he's smarter than I am. <laughs> that that goes a long way towards being better at magic. Uh, well, we'll see what the judge has to say about all this when we come back in just a second. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. 
It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2020-24, Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I, I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step-by-step, day-by-day, bird-by-bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks... Imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. So it turns out there isn't a secret airport luxury lounge here in my chambers. That was part of my dream. Uh, I just walked into a wall and woke up. Who are you people? Uh, Are we doing a podcast? Good morning. In any case, uh, (laughs) we have a lot of cases and have had a lot of cases involving uh, life transitions. And particularly the damage, um, well, there's no other word for it, that is done to friendships as people go through different transitional periods in their lives. Noah's had a child, and that's a major life transition. Eric has turned 40. That's a major life transition. And it is in no way surprising that the childless man who turns 40 uh, goes on the run and the childful man uh, who has a very young child, wants to keep everything uh, precisely the same um, among all of his friends. And in many ways, I'm sure, enjoy this fantastic new addition to his family, um, but also feeling the same a uh, uh, little bit of, I don't want to say ambivalence, but concern about what this means for his future, and particularly his social future, which is something that still matters to humans before they turn 40. They still care about that stuff. Turn 40, doesn't matter. You're, you might as well be a on a beach in Croatia for the rest of your life. That's how little you care about, about uh, uh, making sure your social life is uh, up to snuff. In particular, if that's true, if you are someone who does not have uh, a, a, a life partner or a child or anything or anyone holding him back. And maybe, uh, as I suspect it may be true of you, Eric, someone who is very happy and comfortable being alone. Is that not so? Yes, yeah. that's true. In fact, once you're out there on the road where no one knows you, uh, you are essentially profoundly alone. It's very easy to reach the conclusion uh, that no one cares about you because once you're out there in the world, no one does. So you confuse the disinterest of the, the person at the finished grocery store with your life as generalized disinterest that extends as well to your old friend Noah and to your mom, such and such. 
And th- and this is a problem. This I acknowledge is a problem. You know, Noah, you know that your case is pointless, uh, baseless, and illegal. As far as I'm, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, you are you are trying you are trying to enslave a human being, um, who has every right to make his life choices, and not just a human being, and not merely just your friend, but a divorced rabbit card game magnate living a life of international adventure. There's no way I was ever going to order him to hang out with you and your wife and your dumb baby. Come on. This guy's living the dream. I know your baby's not dumb. Your baby's adorable. You know what I'm talking about. But, but because not, not only does he have basic human rights, but he's also having a good time. Right, Eric? Yes, sir. Right. And having a good time is part of his life transition right now. You said that you that this is you never intended to win and it was barely a case at all that it was instead half love letter half intervention. As Jesse said as I was listening through my chamber door, of those two things love letter is the only thing I care about. Because the intervention is a ginned up charge to begin with because I don't think that there's a profound danger to Eric's life or livelihood that requires intervention. I think he's doing exactly what he needs to as a 40 year old man, which is exploring the world inside his own head. And, uh, yet love letter is very compelling because he is your friend. And when friends go away, it's hard, particularly if you have a child, because I think that your desire to have Eric be a part of your child's life, uh, is sincere. And, uh, and compelling in its own way. You know, I wasn't lying when I said that I played poker last night and I, uh, I'm a grown up and I had some martinis and, um, I stayed up too late and, uh, maybe part of the reason why I'm having a hard time articulating myself right now. That poker game is a game that I played with some very close friends, um, from starting with my own, uh, bachelor party before my wedding. And continuing bi-weekly, um, quite regularly for a decade, uh, all of these friends, um, you know, I was there when I heard the first of our group announce that he and his wife were going to have a baby. That child is now 15 years old. Uh, I was, you know, we were there for uh, many marriages, a, a couple of divorces, a lot of life changes, and the poker game, uh, which is a by the way, a, a kind of card game, in case you didn't know, uh, was consistent for a decade and felt like it would be. But then, you know, ultimately it broke up and we just stopped meeting and our own individual adult lives took us in different directions. And it was sad, but it was no one wanted to play anymore. <laughs> no one wanted to play that game anymore. People changed. We got back together for the first time in five years, and it was a lot of fun, maybe too much fun. Uh, And we might play again. But there comes a time in friendships where you start playing different games. Magic the Gathering isn't the game anymore. And you find new ways to approach and, and hang out with and be with one another. And when those things change, say someone decides to go on a mad board game licensing around the world spree for two years or longer. The, the only thing you can really do as a friend is respect that and appreciate that if the friendship is meant to continue, it will indeed. Eric, I think wants to continue the friendship. He is going to be back for a large stretch of time in the next year. And the year after that, uh, who knows what he will do, but it is his choice. And you know, this, you know, this, I will say, Eric, you've heard yes, the love letter portion and I want you to take it to heart because your friends love you and I venture to guess your mom does too. And you have a responsibility to let the people who care about you in your life know that you're okay. And you, you are welcome and encouraged to go on this uh, journey. Travel, you know, is usually a, you know, going out into the world is usually a way of going into yourself and 
that's great and vital and in certain times in your life, but you can't go so far into yourself that your head is up your own butt and no one knows where you are. So here is what I am ordering. Obviously, I find in Eric's favor, uh, Noah's petition to forcibly restrain him in Seattle is denied. But Eric, you have to create a social media presence uh, on any service that you like. Maybe there's some hot Finnish social media thing that we don't know about yet that your friends can subscribe to and just get a sense of where you are in the world, which you should update once a week with even if it's just a photo. I think there may be some photo social media apps. I'm guessing there might be. You have to also stop staying over in Noah's house. I think you both realized that that extended stay was a mistake, not just because house guesting is uh, emotionally treacherous work for both host and guest, and it puts stress on a relationship more than anything else. Um, no, in fact, just because of that. That's the reason. <laughs> Being a house guest is no fun, and, and, and hosting a guest for a long extended period of time is no fun. And if you want the relationship and the friendship uh, to continue, um, you have to get out of his house when you are in Seattle. You know this already. You already knew this. If it was a mistake. You move on. I would recommend that you find some kind of apartment share or something so that you have a permanent address somewhere in the world. But I don't think you're right. I think you're enjoying being rootless too much right now. So as long as you can do a, a short-term rental in Seattle or uh uh, um, stay in a hotel or I don't know what, but you got to get out of this house. And, uh, and I guess that's what I'm saying. Someday you will need to settle down, Eric, because the life that you are leading as a globe trotting freelance board game acquirer is a fantasy, a fantasy akin to magic, the gathering. That's why I'm so excited about it. That's why I want to be you, but I am not going to be the kind of person who takes his uh, admiration for you and uh, attempts to stop you from doing what you're doing. That's Noah's job. You go out there and you explore that world. Uh, but stay in touch. And maybe you guys can play Magic the Gathering online together. That's a thing that happens, right? <laughs> yes. That's another that's a deep topic if you want to go that far. Why? It's a terrible program. It's <laughs> Stop. <laughs> You would rather not knowing whether your friend is alive or dead than play Magic the Gathering online with him? We, uh, <laughs> honestly, we play board games now. We haven't played Magic together in years. We're, we're board game fans. All right. Find, Man, if find only a, there were board games that you could play online. Find oh. a board game that you can play online. Look, I'm going to tell you a board game that I like called Scrabble. Scrabble. You can play another one if you want. But uh, one way you could choose to stay in touch, uh, Eric, would be to um, uh, digitize uh, divorcing rabbits and play games with all your friends and family. And each time you take a turn, they know you haven't died. <laughs> Make it so. This is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Noah, you brought the case and... You've lost, though, with some caveats. Uh, how do you feel? No, I think it's a good ruling. I think it's uh, fair and reasonable. I think Eric is doing what's best for him, and I hope he just doesn't forget uh, his friends and family along the way. What board game would you like to play with Eric online? Uh, Agricola. What now? Gesundheit? <laughs> Agricola. Agricola? Yeah, that's the name of it. It's a very popular, very good board game. What what happens what happens in that board game? What is it? You what do you grow soybeans? People 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 drink too much cola sodas and they get freaked out and angry and get really aggro with each other. <laughs> you build fences and you breed your cows and your sheep. Uh, you, you grow wheat. It's it's astonishing. Yeah, that sounds pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, Eric, how are you feeling? 
Yeah, uh, very good. Yeah, I mean that, that's about we talked about before we sat down what we expected, and that's that sounds exactly uh, in line with what I expected uh, the outcome to be. Thanks both of you for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Appreciate Thank it. You. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Judge Hodgman, I can't help but notice that you've moved your chambers to a Croatian beach. Yeah, it turns out I can have my chambers anywhere I want. I can chamber it up on a beach. I can chamber it up in a in a, a, a train station. And those are the only two things in the world. Judge Hodgman, you have children. Like, you have abandoned your children. Our litigant had no attachments uh, yeah. besides his trading cards what can i say i've been inspired <laughs> now now that i know that there are unclaimed rabbit divorce board games and card games out there that i didn't know about before i have to go find them yeah so i, I, I think that's fair so my wife and i are having a rabbit divorce <laughs> i'm leaving my kids i'm gonna i'm giving both a pack of uno cards to remember me by and i'm going to i'm going to travel the, i'm gonna ride the circuit traveling the world looking for weird games i'm just gonna go ahead and leave my two children uh this half a deck of meal born cards that i found <laughs> Mealborn. and uh i'm i'm going to I, i'm going to finland have a sauna i'm gonna go i'm gonna go to carcassonne france and play carcassonne oh good idea <laughs> i bet that i bet that's been done a lot and i want to meet the people who are doing it um, hey, listen, if you want to submit a case for Judge John Hodgman, it's easy and fun. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. All the details are there. We love and need your cases. So if you have a dispute, big or small, with someone else who'd be willing to appear on the program, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO and share your case with us there. It can be a half love letter and half a intervention. And it could even be a quarter love letter and three quarters of an intervention. Any proportion yeah. of intervention and love uh, and control and bullying uh, will take. Bullying. That was that wasn't an issue, but anyway. Uh, I would like to mention this Judge Hodgman. Uh, the Put This On Shop, Going Gangbusters. Thanks to everybody uh, who has shopped at the Put This On Shop. Uh, uh, from the Judge John Hodgman listening audience. You can use the code BATBROTHERS there to get free shipping on anything. A almost all of our stock is on sale. Uh, we also have new baseball caps uh, featuring the states of California and New York, which are super cool, and our classic star baseball cap. And literally outside the studio right now, uh, my colleague Jennifer and her fiancé Shane are leading a photography effort to get tons and tons and tons of new vintage knickknacks, menswear, accessories, and beautiful things into the shop. It's at putthisonshop.com, and the code BATBROTHERS gets you free shipping. I will go and type in a code, because I love to do that, and all the stuff there is great. 
Thank you, Judge Hodgman. Thank you. All personally selected by me. Judge Hodgman, are you, are you on the road at the moment? You have anything going on? Jesse Thorne, to answer your question, uh, I am not on the road this month. I am only at sea. I will be sailing and appearing on and sitting in hot tubs with the various uh, friends uh, and fellow cruisers on the Jonathan Colton cruise at the end of this month. I suspect at this point uh, there may be no cabins or tickets left, but you may as well check by going to that website because that's basically all the live performances I have planned for the moment. I, uh, I will let you know when I hit the road again because it is a lot of fun to see y'all. Our show is produced by Julia Smith edited by the great Mark McConville. Uh, there was a, wasn't the, Mark was doing some spontaneation and um, super egoing at the uh, SF Sketchfest. If you haven't heard those shows on which Mark appears, uh, those are great, hilarious shows. Yeah, Mark McConville, it's a good point that we should we should be plugging uh, Super Ego and uh, every time. It's one of the great podcasts. Yeah, very, 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 very funny show that uh, has consistently over many years refused to join MaximumFun.org. Uh, you can join us on <laughs> Facebook. There's a MaximumFun.org group there at MaximumFun.org. Reddit.com for the world's friendliest and perhaps world's only friendly Reddit sub-community. Um, and uh, you can follow us on social media at Jesse Thorne and at Hodgman. And now on Instagram, uh, you're on Instagram as John Hodgman, right, John? That is right. J-O-H-N-H-O-D-G-M-A-N. And I have recently joined Instagram, joining the crowd of 2007. Uh, and you can find me at put.this.on. Uh, but just be aware there's going to be a lot of menswear-related stuff there. So if you're not interested in that, do not sign up. Okay, but I will because I am. Oh, cool. We'll talk to you guys next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.